Hello, everybody. We are back with week three of the NFL in review with me, your host, Big Billy FF. Uh, it's been a crazy week. I've been saying this a lot to a lot of the people I talk to about fantasy football. It feels like parody has been restored in the NFL. Feels like any given week, one of the teams can beat any one of the other teams. It's exciting. It's a great time to be into fantasy because all of a sudden every game can become interesting. And speaking of every game, I'm going to run down every single game from the Sunday slate of NFL football, starting with the Bills choking to the Dolphins 19-21. to Ouch. I really thought the Bills were going to run away with this one. First off, now maybe a good sell window for Devin Singletary. He was helped quite a bit by a significant passing volume, but that's not going to happen every game. Next up, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle will not produce every game, but it's hard to really take a lot away from this game because the passing volume was so low, especially with Tua's injury. Finally, Josh Allen can't produce in any and every situation. If the Bills are going to score, it's going to be through Josh Allen. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to Miami's medical staff. Next up, the Bengals handled the Jets with ease, 27-12. to 12. First off, Joe Mixon may be the most frustrating running back in the league. It feels like he has all the talent in the world. He has all the workload, and then just he's not, he's not producing. It's, it really hurts to look at. Next up, the Jets are producing for the Jets are producing, but their fantasy value, a lot of it is based on high pass attempts. Joe Flacco leads the league in passing attempts by a significant margin and has not thrown less than 44 passes in a single game all year. So take away with that what you want. Next up, Brees Hall is going to be a monster as a workhorse. Look, Michael Carter is good, but Brees Hall, just purely from an efficiency standpoint, is so exciting. And they're already using him significantly in the passing game. I think there is a lot of upside right now for Brees Hall, as I said last week on the main show. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to Tyler Boyd because I'm not sure how often I'll get to say that. Next up, the Titans keep the Raiders winless. The only 0-3 team in the league, 24-22. First off, Mac Hollins is odd. I really don't know what to make of him. I, I wish I had more to say, but that's really it. He He's a weird one. Next up, the Raiders may spread the ball around more than expected. I mean, look at Mac Hollins. Finally, Derrick Henry is still to an extent Derrick Henry. We were worried about the injuries. We were worried about him aging. But to an extent, he is still the same guy he's always been. Once he gets ahead of steam, he is harder to tackle than anyone in the NFL. Player of the game, I'm going to give to the Titans pass attack for just showing up. You know, good for them. They really they really deserve the participation. Next up, the Panthers upset the Saints 22-14. to First off, I want to say Jameis' stat line looks great, but don't be fooled. A lot of that is garbage time, which is, one, unreliable, especially with a defense like the Saints. But also, I mean, it's it, it's not what you want to depend on in your fantasy quarterback. Look, he's going to have good games. He's going to have ups and downs. 
but that's not going to lead to 350 passing yards every game. Next up, Chris Olave's legit. I got nothing else for that one. The dude is going to be good in the league. Finally, CMC's usage is coming up, but the passing game work is concerning for him to remain elite for fantasy. Play of the game, I'm going to give it to LaVisca Chenault. I'm, I'm really just happy for you, bro. Uh, that's good for you, man. Next up, the Ravens stomp the Patriots, 37-26. Lamar's contract is getting a bit more expensive each game. First off, Lamar is playing the most Lamar games of his life. Low pass attempts, low passing yardage, more than three touchdowns every game. It's quintessential Lamar and so fun to watch, but it's not the best for the fantasy uh, output of their team. Outside of, of course, Mark Andrews, who should be ranked as the tight end one in just about every format. I think the three years between him and Kyle Pitts aren't offsetting the fact that he just looks so good. Or not three years, whatever that number is. I'm not looking it up right now. But he looks so good. Lamar trusts him. He's going to be used in every, every opportunity. And with Lamar's touchdown efficiency, the sky's the limit for Mark Andrews. Next up, Ramondre is out carrying Harris and also being used in the passing game, which could be big. He could be climbing up to being a severely fantasy-relevant player for the rest of the season. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to Rashad Bateman for having the exact same stat line as week one, Sansa touchdown. This might just be his norm. Two catches, 50 yards, maybe a touchdown. Like, if Lamar is going to throw the ball more, I don't see how Rashad Bateman produces as a volume player in that offense next to Mark Andrews. Next up, the Vikings hold off the the Lions, who continue to just look like a surprise team this year. First off, Amon Ross St. Brown is so unbelievably legit. You see it every time he touches the ball. You get the same feeling watching him touch the ball that you get when you see Debo, where just they individually make things happen. Next up, people need to start talking about Jeff Akuda as a breakout player this year after how he's performed. He absolutely locked down Terry McLaurin except for one blown coverage in that game. And he locked Justin Jefferson down completely this game. I mean, he, good for Jeff Akuda. I mean, number three pick a couple years ago, he he looks like he's crawling out of that, that injury plague he was facing. Next up, Adam Thielen had a get-right game. I'd sell him about as quickly as possible. Player of the game was Kirk Cousins since this wasn't primetime. Next up, the Eagles stay hot against the Commanders, 24-8. to Boy, the Eagles, man. They, they might just run the NFC this year. Takeaway number one, Jalen Hurts is a legit MVP candidate, and I'd argue a legit contender. He's... So, so good. And it's not just rushing upside. His passing upside, he looks phenomenal, like near unbeatable. Next up, Devonta Smith has been proving it the last few games. He looks really exciting. And honestly, the combination of him and A.J. Brown might just be fantasy gold this year. Take either one. Like, I I think they're just going to keep producing. Next up, Terry McLaurin still has that old player in him. He's not washed. He's not covered up by Curtis or John Dotson. 
it just seems like the that variability is still there, where sometimes he has a phenomenal game and sometimes it's a little rough. You, you, that might just be what we get with Terry for the rest of his career. Player of the game, I'm going to take Grant Calcaterra, who retired from football and just had a 40-yard NFL reception as a rookie. Good for you, man. Next up, the Colts continue to be the weirdest team in the NFL by upsetting the Chiefs 20-17? to What? Ooh, the, the Chiefs' passing attack is scary for the wrong reasons for the first time with Mahomes. Look, in terms of fantasy, they spread the ball around. There is not a significant amount of yardage to go around. In Like, if Mahomes was throwing 400 yards a game, yeah, why not? Why not? But when Mahomes is throwing 250, low 200s, I mean, Kelsey, Juju, MVS, Clyde, like there, there's not enough passing pie for each of them to produce significantly for fantasy. And unfortunately, like they were doing the last couple of years, it's not fully centered in a couple guys. And because of that, the Chiefs pass catchers are kind of scary for fantasy because it doesn't feel like there's that pure alpha who's dominating everything like there was with Tyreek. Next up, Michael Pittman seemed to be right back to work, but Pierce also looked good. Like, we might need to keep an eye on Alec Pierce as he begins to develop. Finally, Jonathan Taylor is not producing like he was last year, but he may need to just wait for him to get going. It feels like this happens every year with Jonathan Taylor. The first couple weeks, he looks okay, looks a little rough, and then all of a sudden he wakes up and everything's fine. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to offseason dynasty sleeper Jelani Woods for pulling in two touchdowns. Good for him. Next up, the Bears beat the Texans in what felt like a toilet bowl-esque game, 23-20. Feels weird that the Bears are 2-1. I don't like that. First off, the Bears need to figure out their passing game because truly it's pathetic. Justin Fields has less passing attempts this season than Joe Flacco has had each of the first three weeks. In the modern NFL, you do not win games doing this unless you're playing the Texans. Next up, Monty is the most infuriating player in football, but Khalil Herbert seems to be the savior. Montgomery, I mean, I don't think we're ever going to know when to start him. If he's injured, don't play him, obviously. But until then, <clears throat> until Khalil Herbert can kind of seize this job from him, I'd be worried about playing Monty straight up. Next up, the Texans' offense is digressing quick. They looked promising week one against the Colts, but it feels like every single week they look a little bit worse. Damian Pierce may be the only piece you want soon, and that's only because of his workload. Player of the game, I'm going to take Roquan Smith for increasing his upcoming contract. Next up, the Jaguars destroyed the Chargers 38-10. What the fuck happened here? Takeaway number one, James Robinson is just himself. Have no fear of ETN. I, you'd have no belief that he tore his Achilles last year. James Robinson is what we all thought Cam Akers would be. And I'd argue he's better. He looks exactly like himself, and he looks untouchable when he gets the ball. What a career storyline for James Robinson. I hope the contract he gets next year is massive. 
Next up, Trevor Lawrence truly looks like who we thought he was, and he's doing it with near nobody at wide receiver. Sure, we can take Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, whoever you want, but, I mean, take Trevor Lawrence and put some of these star wide receivers on this team. He looks, I mean, he's promising. He's really promising right now. Next up, Justin Herbert just seems banged up. Hopefully he can still heal um, with Slater being out for the season. But if this is something that's going to linger, I mean, it's going to hurt the rest of that team's fantasy value moving forward. Player of the game, I'm going to take Zay Jones. Have a game, kid. Good for you. Good for you. I I feel derogatory saying kid. That's not my intention. I'm just quoting shit. But boy, oh boy, Zay Jones. Welcome to your career. Next up, the Rams continue to win, but in unconvincing fashion versus the Cardinals, 20-12. First off, Cooper Cup is going to have some average games if this is the new norm for Stafford. We know the issue is bugging him, but, I mean, if he isn't producing at that high efficiency level, we're going to see Cooper Cup have some of these games where he's not playing up 30 points, but he's playing up eight, nine points, and I think that's just the life. Next up, Cam Akers is taking this role back. I mean, we're watching it every single week. His He's getting more and more of the share of that offense. Like, I, things are good for Akers. Here's hoping they stay that way. Finally, Hollywood and Greg Dortch are so interesting. I think both of them are buys. In Dynasty, I think Hollywood is a screaming buy. And Greg Dorch might still be one of the better values you can get because with Hopkins coming back and more coming back, a lot of people are going to be scared off of him. But pull Rondale Moore out of that offense. Greg Dorch fills that role perfectly. Like, he might just be the third guy in this offense when Hopkins comes back. And that still can produce if they start relying on this passing game. Player of the game, I'm going to take it to Aaron Donald for hitting sack number 100. I know this might sound controversial. I think that guy might be good. He he looks good out there. Next up, the Packers hold off the Buccaneers 14 to 12. Oh, as a Packers fan, I'm worried. But not too worried about this guy, Romeo Dubs. I, I'm still going to call him Dubs. Romeo Dubs has looked like he is going to slowly develop over the year. He may be the guy we think he is, but it looks like it's going to take some time for that synergy to develop with Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, this might be right. The, this might be the guy. Next up, the Packers' offense as a whole just looks really rough. I mean, their running backs weren't moving it. They were playing a good run defense. Hard, hard, to, really, hard to really talk about that. Their wide receivers are banged up. Aaron Rodgers does not look like he's happy out there with the the motley crew of pass catchers they've assembled. Finally, Brady is going to make do with his team, but he really needs his pass catchers back. There is no reason in the Lord of our say in the year of our Lord 2022, Russell Gage should be getting 12 receptions in a game. That's rough. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to Deep Threat Alan Lazard for not living up to that title so far. Finally, the Falcons. Upset? Upset the Seahawks? Is this an upset? I 
I don't think it is, but I wrote that in the doc, so I feel obligated to say it. Uh, upset the Seahawks 27 to 23. First off, Kyle Pitts finally did something, but he's still a tight end. I mean, we can get excited about it, but I mean, he's producing like a regular tight end. We're all excited for what, eight points? That's kind of difficult. Next up, Cordero Patterson is going to have another RBC, RB1 season at this pace. He's being used as the focal point of that offense. They're building around Drake London. That's just going to open up the offense more. I think he has every opportunity to succeed. Finally, Gino continues to just hyper-target Tyler Lockett. I, he's his favorite. It's good for Tyler. Scary for DK. Player of the game, I'm going to give it to Drake London, establishing himself as arguably ooh, tongue twister. Not really a tongue twister. It's the word arguably. Drake London establishing himself as arguably the best rookie wide receiver in the game. He's looked so good. And I know Garrett Wilson had a breakout game, but Drake London just consistently looks like far and away the best. Finally, the final game of the slate. I don't even want to talk about it that much. Broncos bore us to death to win 11 to 10 over the 49ers. First off, Jimmy G may not be the upgrade we hope he was, but seems like good can still happen. Ayuk produced a little bit more of this game. Kittle's back. Uh, Debo continued to be Debo. I think there's a lot of opportunity here that with Jimmy G, they still can produce for fantasy. Next up, Cortland Sun is the number one receiver in Denver, and he feels like the only Broncos pass catcher you really want. Like, at all. Judy feels like nothing compared to Cortland Sutton. And he barely feels like nothing compared to the rest of this offense. Judy just feels like another guy, which is wild. Next up, I, I wish I had a third take, but I'm bored just remembering this game. Like, I we all agreed. We all saw Twitter. Nothing special happened here. So so why why does it need more review? Player of the game, I'm going to give it to Eli Manning for his Monday Night Football Russell Wilson jokes. And with that, we have come to the end of the Sunday slate of NFL games. I want to thank you all for listening. I apologize for getting this out a little bit later than I had promised last week. Uh, I wish I had an excuse other than work is hectic. But I appreciate you all tuning in, and I look forward to being back here next week for week four. And as always, you all take care. Goodbye.